says, get that India, big boy. G'day and welcome back to another edition of the Tip Sheet Podcast. As always, I'm your host, John, also known as 4020. And joining me to preview all the action out of round 20 in the Jersey Flag New South Wales Cup and, of course, the NRL is my good mate, 60s. Recording a little bit later than we usually would on a given day for the preview podcast, mate, but how are you holding up today? Mate, it wasn't a good day today. The, the sun shining, like, I haven't seen too much of that in recent times. I'm hoping that it holds strong for... Not just tomorrow night, but for the rest of the weekend. It's good to see a bit of dry weather football. Yeah, we've had so much precipitation amidst La Nina. Um, And obviously the Northern Hemisphere's got the opposite of El Nino kicking in over there, and they've got heat waves. But yeah, looking at the forecast for tomorrow night, it's tipped to be cool but cloudy. So uh, a bit of rain maybe later today, uh, but hopefully it holds true into the evening tomorrow, where of course we've got two high-profile games for the Parramatta Eels. But before we get to those games, 60s, we do move forwards in reverse chronological, uh, reverse chronological order to Saturday, where the Jersey flag will take on the Penrith Panthers. This one's out at Kellyville Park. It kicks off at 1 o'clock p.m. And uh, Flag and Cup didn't play last week, and one of those bye weeks where it was good not to play uh, because results went in their favour and they uh, both the flag and the cup moved up a position on the ladder. Flag into the eight now, cup into the top four. Uh, but they've got a lot of work to do because this is 8v4 in the Jersey flag. Eels obviously starting to build a little bit of momentum in this grade. And I'm, I'm reticent to say it out loud because I feel like every time we've talked about it 60s, they've sort of self-sabotaged at some point. Uh, but they have been trending in the right direction for a couple of weeks now. And let's take a look at the team that is fielding or being felded on Saturday. At fullback, it's Corey Fenning, who we had that wonderful chat with a couple of weeks ago. He's going to captain the team in the number one. On the flanks, we've got Terrell Williams and Matthew Komalafi, uh, probably two of the, the strongest picks we could have had there. Terrell's been really good when he's been on the field, just he has been banged up this year, whereas Matthew Komalafi's been an absolute standout and stable performer for the Eels on that right flank. In the centres, it's Lockie Blackburn and Jabril Kalachi. Uh, Mac Puafisa, who was a pickup that we didn't know we had, but he turned out in our last game with the win. Um, he re- reprises his role, sorry, partnering Ethan Sanders in the halves. So we're interested to see how that holds up there. In the front row, we've got the young guys there again, Peter Tatio and Larry Moaga-Tutia. Cruz Natili Schmidt is the dummy half. In the back row, Ryan Jones and Jaden Skinner there on the edges. Brock Parker is a lock forward. On the bench, Jacob Davis will play as the utility dummy half. Then you've got a trio of big forwards, Jack Colavati, Nick Raffo, and young Saxon Pryke, SG ball captain, who's playing... Uh, Jersey Flag now, I think this is his second or third game, so good to see that there. Nicholas Lanars is the 18th man. We mentioned it before, but they're taking on the Penrith Panthers, one of the consistent powerhouses in this grade. We're so used to them being runaway number one uh, leaders on the ladder in the last couple of years. Uh, I say they've come back to the pack, but they're still only, you know, it's the, the mediocrity of fourth place on the ladder 60s. Yeah. Look, it's a crucial game for the Eels. They're sitting in eighth place, and it's... It's one of those games where we're probably looking at, well, I know I'm looking at some of the missed opportunities that have happened throughout the year for the Jersey flag team. We spoke a little bit about that before we started recording tonight. But that last game that the Eels played against the Sharks and the Sharks were the fourth place team. Um, what are they? What are, where are the Sharks now after last weekend? Mate? So the Sharks They're, have dropped um, down to six. So they, uh, yeah. they've had, I think, another loss, it looks like, and results go against them. Yeah, so the Sharks in uh, going into last weekend, oh, the weekend before last, Parramatta's last game, were in fourth place, the Eels in ninth place, and Parramatta absolutely smashed them. I think it was something in the order of 40 to 6. Correct. I was, I was out there for that game. It was... It was just a, a, a carve-up of the Sharks almost from the opening whistle of the match. The Eels never let them get a look in. If if you didn't know better, you would have thought that it was Eels coming forth, the Sharks coming ninth. And I know that sounds like almost a Captain Obvious statement when you're talking about a scoreline like that. But it really was the case. And the Eels used their left side really effectively 
we we had Ethan Sanders. He was he was really digging in deep into the line when he was when he was hitting on that left hand side and feeding Corey Fenning or or Jabriel Kalashi, and it just was uh, opening the Sharks up almost at will. It was it was a case of that that left side was the well that they just had to keep going back to and drinking from. Um, the, look, the forwards uh, were doing a very good job laying that platform, but really the the standout in that match was Ethan Sanders, the colonel. <laughs> and if if he's given the opportunity via the forwards of being able to be on the front foot like that, he's uh, look. We know we always knew that he's a good game manager, and he and he's got a and he's got a very good kicking game, but he. <laughs> Seeing the confidence with which he uh, attacked in that last match, and he's, it's been something that's been growing all season. You have to remember, he's a player that came from uh, from the Harold Mats. He only played a couple of games in SG Ball at the start of the year. He did his pre-season with the Jersey Flag team. So his prep was really to be skipping a grade. And when you think about he's... He's only he's only turning eighteen this year. I'm not sure if he's already turned eighteen, but he's an eighteen year old this year. So he's doing very well against twenty one year olds, which is the age upper age for the Jersey flag. If he can play as he did last week, they're in with a real shot of beating the Panthers. I think and they've got completely different vibes as the two different players that we've watched coming through the rank sixties. Uh, but the way he's attacked the Jersey flag is such a young talent. Reminds me a lot of what Dylan Brown was doing when he was doing, you know, going through the age group progressions and would just play up consistently as a young kid, whether it was ball or flag, and then was always, you know, sort of finding his feet so quickly. And Sanders has been very similar. And obviously, they're completely different players, even if they do both play in the halves. Sanders is more of a conventional halfback with that run, kick, pass, organizing skill set. But yeah, it's been really cool watching him not take a single backward step this year. And like you said, if the team can give him a platform to work with, he will almost drag them, you know, kicking and screaming to a result. Yeah, and the fact that they were on the front foot throughout the game, they kept the the Sharks pinned in their own half. It was almost like every kick that the Sharks were putting in to get out of trouble, Corey Fenning was hitting, was catching the ball on the fly probably 35, 40 metres out from Parramatta's line. So by the time he was meeting the defence line, he, he was very close to halfway. And it was just a great place for the the, uh, the sets to start mm-hmm. last week. Uh, of course, each match, you, you just in this grade, you never know what's likely to happen because the Eels put on a, an equally strong performance against Canberra down in Canberra but couldn't follow it up the next week. It sounds a bit familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but they, but they have been building, so knock on wood, they can continue to do so. Looking at that Penrith team, I suppose the name that stands out there is uh, young Maverick guy, Mark Guy's son, uh, but I imagine there's a whole stack of potential first graders in that Penrith lineup, given how they've been so strong at development in the last, uh, well, I want to say, four or five years pretty consistently now. Uh, but... For the Eels, once again, it's just a case of taking care of their own business and Penrith are going to throw stuff at them. But if you get through your own sets and you don't give away penalties and, and drop the ball, you know, we've got the talent to put points on the board. And I like Yeah, I, I'm wondering how many... Uh, we're, obviously, we're not as familiar with the Penrith team, but the Penrith SG ball team were the winners this year in that competition. You normally get a few of the players start to filter through into the... Uh, Harold uh, into the Jersey flag team from the uh, SG ball after their season's over. I'm wondering how many of those Penrith players are uh, uh, SG ball players from this season. Let so let me um, have a quick candor for you. I'll pull up the uh, grand final team list if the website on New South Wales League wants to work with me. There we go. Okay, so in the Penrith team list for the grand final, we've got Hanson, McLean, Lane, Hateri, Papali. So I'm not seeing any of them there. Oh, no, Samuel Lane. Yeah, so Samuel Lane, the centre. He was there in the SG Ball Grand Final. Uh, Donnelly, no. We've got Russell Smith Keegan. Yep, that's him. So the 5'8 was there. He was, he was playing halfback for this team, but he was there. Uh, you've got Asaya Katoa, who I thought I saw there. Maybe he was there last week. No, not there. 
I'm making things up. Uh, you've got John Sagaga. He is not there. Riley Smith at dummy half. Nobody's on the bench here, so there's another one there. Yeah. Uh, Joshua Belfanti. No. Uh, we've got Aston Warwick. He is on the bench there, number 17. Uh, Mason Teague, who is... He was... He's in, but he's in as an extended... He's a reserve. So yep. he was yesterday yep. captain. Harrison Hassett, no. Billy Scott, no. Uh, Delahia the, the Wigmore, no. Jacob Vilolo, no. And Riley Wake, no. But they've got... A, there was about three or four players there. So they've, they've yeah. had a... a like, like you'd expect, back end of a season, you see your, you know, sort of cream of the crop SG ball players starting to push in. You know, on the flip side for the Parramatta Eels, we're seeing Saxon Pryke in there. And uh, I suppose for, for the Eels, it's been a case of having SG ball eligible players, not even either barely playing SG ball or playing a small amount of SG ball, like you mentioned with Ethan Sanders. So they've uh, they've had a few guys from the ball push in across the course of the season. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, good to see. But, yeah, this one sets up as a, a very pivotal game for the Eels. 1 o'clock p.m. out at Kellyville Park. Um, I'm not sure if I'm getting out to this one 60s, but I expect you would be at the very least. Oh, that's the plan at this yeah. stage, yeah. So I, I am hoping to get out there, but I've got a few uh, familial things to figure out this weekend, so have to wait and see how that um, that takes. But, yeah, this will be a big game, and hopefully we can get out there and give you a bit of coverage. That brings us to you know, going back to Friday night, the curtain raiser for the NRL. And, it's and the- can I just jump in when... Uh- because uh, we're talking about Friday night. I'm going to get in with an early plug after the game on Friday night back in Jack's Bar and Grill mm-hmm. in Parramatta mm-hmm. Leagues Club. We've got the who's who of the Cumberland <laughs> throw there. Well, that, that's the thing uh, is that you got you get to see us two mugs there every week. This is a chance to meet all the other interesting people from TCT. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, we're, we're talking about the opportunity to – uh, to meet Mitch, who does looks after all of our our Twitter socials. Uh, we've we've got Goal, who does our grades and, preview. and and the preview. We've got Colmac, our resident stats man. Shelley is coming up from the, she lives down the south coast. She comes up for the game. She's making sure that she stays around for uh, the post match this week. Uh, so we've got uh, we've got plenty of uh, plenty of our authors that are going to be there um you know catching up with people also have some special guests like mary Kay is going to be there and our uh, eels legend will be peter win uh there'll also be a collection of characters that are tct associates who help us out with a few odds and ends uh around the place so if you're if you're able to get there and say good day on uh, the Cumberland to the Cumberland throw, will there'll be a big table there. You'll see the uh, roughest looking heads probably in the place, <laughs> and you'll work out that that's the Cumberland throw. So make sure you pop up and say good day. Uh, Forty and I have had a great time meeting people this year, and uh, people uh, very kindly uh, coming up with some nice words that they want to say and. And uh, and just coming up, just simply to say good day to us, and uh, I, I, we thought it'd be great if they could meet everyone else from uh, TCT. So um, yeah, keep that in mind. Regardless of the result, we'll be there. <laughs> yeah, we're all turning up. We hope the team turns up too, obviously. And we think, given what we've seen in the last couple of years of us versus Penrith, we know that we get up for this game. So before that, though. Uh, Obviously, we're there in the post game, which means it's going to be a long evening for us because at 5.30 p.m., kicking off at Combank Stadium, it's the curtain raiser in the New South Wales Cup, Parramatta Eels, coming into this round in fourth in the reserve grade competition, hosting the Penrith Panthers, who are in second. So this is a very much a high-stakes game in the uh, Reggie's competition for the Eels. Captain coach Jordan Rankin, he's a fullback in the back line. Joining him is Solomon Inouye on the left wing and Hayes Perham, no, sorry, Hayes Perham, Sean Russell on the right. In the centres, you've got Hayes Perham and he'll partner Zach Sini there as they <clears throat> play in, sorry, they play one in from their wingers. In the halves, you've got Jack A. Williams and Jake Arthur, who returns to reserve grade. 
as part of that rotation policy on that 17th slot in the NRL. And I think that's a, a we'll talk about it more, but a very much needed inclusion for this grade 60s because they've been a bit listless, especially in the red zone without Jake Arthur's guidance at halfback. In the front row, Ophie Ogden and Kai Rodwell are the starting bookends. Importantly, we see Brendan Hands starting this week. That's a significant change of uh, or departure from previous selection protocols we've seen. We'll talk about that too. Back row, Ellie Elsgaham and Tom Opachik on the edges. Interesting. Nathan Brown is a lock forward. On the bench, Mitch Rain, Tavita Talmapenu, Wiramu Greg and Tony Mattaielli. Good to see Tony sticking around in this grade. Uh, but yeah, so ins here this week officially. Jake Arthur, Solomon Solomon Iduki outs. Bryce Cartwright, Dan Keir, Jaden Yates. They're taking on the Penrith Panthers. Looking at that team list, I see a couple of players of some NRL experience. Christian Crichton, younger, younger, older brother Stephen, older brother Stephen. He's played a little bit of NRL, both Penrith and Canterbury. Uh, Sunia Taruva was the fullback for Fiji that caught the eye in the rep round a couple of weeks ago. He's playing in the centres. You've got Sony Luke, dummy half. Uh, made uh, his debut this year in the NRL and has been flagged as one of the you know sort of core Penrith players moving forwards. Chris Smith in the back row, obviously Jermaine Hopgood, Parramatta fans are going to be watching him with interest. And I think that's it for sort of NRL experienced players in the Penrith team. So it's hard to get a beat on this Penrith team because I don't recognise a lot of the names outside of those players. No, no, I think you've I think you've covered it fairly well, and you also covered that the important inclusion for Parramatta, which is. Jake Arthur, you were out there for their match against Hanson the Newtown Park. Jets. Yeah. And uh, I, I think the lack of organisation around uh, around the halves was something that you noted in that oh, game. Yeah. It, it was tough to watch and tough to type about. Uh, you know, but just in between the 20s where it's simplified because you can just work for your forwards, we were okay. We weren't as crisp as it could have been, but once we got into the red zone, just the wheels fell off. And, you know, that was with Jordan Rankin and Jack Williams and, and Brendan Hands and Mitch Rain there. So it wasn't like we were lacking some strike in the spine, but it just shows you that Jake has been the glue for a lot of the you – know, bringing that all together. And his ability to, you know, use the run, kick and pass in the red zone has been huge for the Eels in the New South Wales Cup. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's It's been a, a – I guess when you when you're talking about New South Wales Cup and you're talking about players coming in and out of the team, and we've had in the last few weeks, as we said, with uh, Jake being out of the team, and then you we've also had the the period of time I think where Jordan Rankin was out of the team, uh, where we had early in the season where we had players that they were we were struggling to find any outside backs for the NRL uh, level games. So it, you know the these lower grades that with the, the changing personnel, it can be hard to have consistency, but I think it's fair to say that uh, the, the eels have um, look, they're, they're probably getting a bit more than a pass mark in this grade. Maybe just, um, I think we, we gave them, what did we give them mid season? We gave Is them about a B plus. A, a B, B plus. Yeah, they're probably sitting maybe with a couple of losses that that maybe they shouldn't have had. We've probably got them sitting around. I'd have them sitting around the B mark B, rather B, than B. B yeah, like obviously this is where there's a little bit of our ability to tilt that regrade, but between B and B minus maybe just because of a couple of winnable games that they've let slip, even with the injuries they've had the off in the spine. But yeah, they're, they're certainly not. Uh, been bad by any means, it's just that there's been opportunities to capitalise on that they couldn't necessarily take, and this is one of those chances now isn't it 60s, you're coming up against a second place team who are two wins clear of you so a win on Friday night puts you within just the one game back so suddenly another win, another loss the right way, and you're neck and neck with the Penrith Panthers, and it makes and I don't think we're catching Newtown at this point if I just go back to the ladder here uh, Newtown are a full five points clear of the Parramatta Eels, so they've got the draw, the draw plus the <clears throat> two wins, uh, or the three wins clear. So because oh, they've got a buy in hand, that's why. So yeah, but they're essentially they're, they're two and a half wins ahead of the Parramatta Eels. That's the important number there, and and yeah, so you, you got a chance to finish the ladder in second, maybe. Um, yeah, look, there, there's certain things that I'm going to be looking for from the team. I, obviously, I'm expecting that uh, both Rankin and um, Arthur will be significant for the backs. But looking at the forwards, uh, Offahiki Ogden was he, he was really dominant at the start of the season. I'm not saying that he's he's 
he's lost form, but I, I don't think he's been the presence that he was earlier in the year. So I'm looking for him to get back to that a little bit. We've had Kai Rodwell's been up in first grade, so he's going to get a lot more minutes playing this week, and that's probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the interesting swap around with uh, Mitch Rain and Brendan Hands, with Hands starting in the dummy half role. And he's been in a few different roles this year. He's played in the halves. Lock forward. He's even played at the lock forward. Yeah, yep. the lock middle. Um, he's come off the bench plenty of times. So gives him a chance to start in. You'd have to assume it's his, is his preferred position. I say that because it's probably the position that Parramatta bought him to play. Yeah. Um, uh, Ellie, El Zakem, well, he's again had had one of those years where he's he's really stood out at time from time to time. And will he get an opportunity in one of the games in the in the latter part of the year? I don't know. Maybe the situation's not going to be there like yeah, it was last it, year. Exactly. Um, maybe this might be one of those ones where a couple of those losses for the NRL game, the NRL team, sorry, might cost some of these fringe. I say fringe, but fringe or up and coming guys a chance to get a debut in a less meaningful game in the NRL. The unexpected was Tom Opechik uh, selected mm. in the in the back row. And you, you, you sort of wonder with his selections that he's had on the bench in the NRL, whether they're just looking to see whether he can cover that position in the for the, the games in the latter part of the season. They're, they're certainly not... They haven't got an eye to the future with that because he's off to the Super League. Correct. So you have to say he's... Maybe they've got an eye to the immediate future with with that. So, um, uh, and and we'd really want Nathan Brown to step up. Look, the 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 pro- there's some real promise in a couple of the blokes on the bench in Tavita Talmapina and Tony Mattaelli. Mm-hmm. I I think both of them. Um, they're. I mean, to, Tony's come back to the club. He's he's an eels come through the eels pathways and and uh, spent. Uh, a bit of time up in Newcastle where they, they grabbed him from our pathway system, but he's returned to Parramatta. He started off with injury this season. He's really working into a, a bit of form. He, he was back in the flag, but he's uh, he only took a couple of games back in flag to force his way up into New South Wales Cup. And uh, Tavita, was he, he was with Souths, was with, he not? With Souths, yes, and came across this year. Has been Jersey flag eligible all year, which is that's how it works. Obviously, if you have your birthday turning twenty one in the season, you, you play out the or you're eligible for that grade for the full year. But he barely saw time in the flag. He's just been put up. He had that chance early in the season with all those injuries to the both backs and forwards to get a, a little start in the cup, and he just hasn't looked backwards. And like I'm not going to tell you he's been dominant, but he has just done his job every week. Like he's come on, and if a team needs eighty minutes, he gets eighty minutes. If a team needs one hundred and thirty minutes, he gets one hundred and thirty minutes. And he's been, he makes his tackles, he makes tough carries, he looks physically capable out there, and he's been really, really solid. So, yeah, being one of the real pleasant surprises of the season. And, yeah, and he's really, a, he's just a, you sort of expect him in the cup every week now. And that's probably a very high uh, sort of level of praise you can send to someone like that. So, good to see him really carving out his own niche. What are you expecting in this game, mate? Oh, I don't know. This this actually almost corresponds perfectly to the game last year, that was that we never got to play because of the COVID uh, shutout kicking in that particular week where the Eels were flying in the New South Wales Cup and were going to take on the ladder leading Penrith Panthers and it was like the real showdown of you know how good were the Eels in this grade and we never got to see it so it was just like what ifs and yeah. the Eels obviously not not as high flying this year coming into this game even though they're still well up you know in the, in the top four. But they, they were just, you know, they were on a huge win streak last year, it felt like. And, yeah, coming into this one, I don't know. I, I think the return of Jake Alpha is significant. Uh, I, I do like the Ford, uh, the Ford pack configuration. Uh, outside, I'm, I say outside of Tom Opacek only because we don't really know anything about what Tom's going to be like in the centres. But if you look to the New Zealand Warriors, it's, you know, certainly not implausible for a centre to pick up the edge position that hard because you look at, uh, what's his name, he's going to the Dolphins, Ewan Aiken. Um, he's made a real yeah. fist of playing in the back row there. Um, but yeah, Ellie Osgahem, Kai Rodwell, Offaki Ogden, they've all been you know real plus points for the Eels in this grade. 
Ogden, while he hasn't been as consistently dominant prior to that shoulder injury against the Dragons, I want to say, um, he's had some flashes recently. And like you just get that one big carrier game, and it's kind of like, oh yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking for this team to to turn it on. I'm, you know, I say turn it on. The Panthers aren't going to get rolled on. I don't think. But I think Jake Arthur, Jordan Rankin, they'll steer the ship nicely. I'm keen to see what Brandon Hands can do in his first proper start because he started at dummy half when Mitch Rain has been injured around the team. But this is the first time he's been picked at nine over Rain. So that, that is a significant uh, selection decision right there. Happy to see if he can make a fist of it. But yeah, I, I look. For, this is a game. I look to our bench. It's loaded up with big boppers. Talma Penu, Greg Mattielli. Um, you know, we, we need to just slug it out with the, the Panthers through the middle. And, and that also plays to the strengths of some of our backs too. Zach Sinney loves to ruck it up. He is an absolute beast in that regard. And then on, on perhaps the, the flip side, if he's the thunder, Hayes Perham's the lightning. And, you know, you've got contrasting centres there because Perham loves to operate for a little bit of space, can plant that right foot and get back across the sliding defence and cause some trouble. So, yeah, it's uh, I'm looking for the young guys in this team to stand up this week from Jake Arthur, uh, through to the forwards that we mentioned and, and those backs too. And then obviously on the flip side, Jordan Rankin to perhaps provide the veteran savvy to help him uh, push ahead in, in a close or potentially a close battle. Look, I'm, obviously I'm hoping for an Eels win there because it would be a, a, a nice opener for the first grade game that night. I'm, I'm loath to tip in lower grades because – mainly because I don't know enough about the opposition. I can look at table position. I can try to look for uh, familiar players and maybe a little bit at, re- at recent form. But the point is, I'll always know the Parramatta players that much better. And because of that, I will have a... And, and because of supporting them, I'll have a natural bias mm-hmm. towards the Eels. I'll be thinking, yes, we can get the job done in this. Yes, because we've got this player, this player, this player, this player. But I don't know enough about the opposition to be able to make a, an accurate call on what their threat uh, what, who's posing the, the threat in their team um, so I'll simply say that I'm looking forward to uh, covering the flag on Saturday up at Kellyville at the, at, at the very least being able to watch it uh, obviously I always defer to the master in 4020 in, in doing a live blog because that's his domain, not mine. But uh, if he's if if forty can't make it, I'll provide uh, the best coverage that I can possibly provide. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing a, a nice curtain raiser event that the uh, Cup Eels Cup players can put on prior to the first grade game. So, um, are you prepared to make a call, mate, or are you, are you along alongside me in that regard? I, I'm I'm tipping an Eels win in the Cup, the flag. It, that is a coin flip because if we hold on to the ball, I think we can actually rumble with the best teams in this competition, as shown with the Cronulla Sharks. And even when we first met the Sydney Roosters up in their home game, uh, we fell seven points short in a you know quite a high quality out, uh, a contest. It's uh, yeah, if they hold on to the ball, we are a real shot. But yeah, for the cup, I'm quietly confident. I think the return of Jake Arthur is very significant. Yeah, no, I'm I'm prepared to go with that then, mate. Uh, as I said. My bias was always going to lead me to probably tipping them. <laughs> and look, to, to be fair, this is a team in the Cup in particular where we know that you talk about intrinsic biases because we follow them and, and don't have the exposure to the other teams that the NRL gives you to know player profiles uh, as well. But we know this is a team that can mix it with the best in the Cup. So if they look after themselves, they will 100% be competitive with the Penrith Panthers. Yep, yep. Which now brings us to yeah, main the event. main event. Yes, sir. 7.55 p.m. kickoff out of Combank Stadium on Friday night. It's going to be a cool, was it July? End of July? Yeah, 29th. End of July night. So uh, well, it comes, this comes back to the discussion we had a few podcasts ago. Is it a, a beanie and jacket or a hoodie sort of uh, night? Who knows? That's up to you guys. Uh, but Parramatta Eels hosting the Penrith Panthers. This is 7v1, I believe. Uh, Eels, yeah, dropping down to 7 with the Rabbitohs leapfrogging them on for and against with their uh, win last week. And obviously Parramatta's lost to the Brisbane Broncos. Panthers, we've, we've talked about this, but runaway leaders in this competition, 36 points, 17 wins, just the one loss which came to the Parramatta or came against the Parramatta Eels back in round nine and the one by the points differential. In a year where there are some teams with impressive points differentials, you talk about the Cowboys, the Sharks, the Storm, uh, the best of that bunch is the Cowboys at 182. Penrith Panthers just chilling at 318.60s. 
they are a very, very good team. Uh, but they're coming into this game with the Eels looking to sweep them, despite everything that Parramatta's been through this year, the highs and the lows and everything in between. And uh, the Penrith Panthers are far from full strength this week. A couple of key outs in the backs and halves. We'll go through their loss roster quickly, sorry. At fullback, you've got Dylan Edwards, uh, who is probably, the. I suppose you, we talked about this sometimes, but the closest thing to Quinton Gufferson you're probably going to see in this competition. They're very similar as high work rate, high effort fullbacks. On the wings, you've got Taylor May and Brian To'o. In the centres, Isaac Tago and the first change, Robert Jennings, the youngest of the Jennings boys, he comes into the centres because Stephen Crichton is out. We spoke about that yesterday with Spiro, that high shot from uh, Dale Finucan busted his ear and put him in concussion protocols and he's out for at least a week. In the halves, there's also a change. Sean O'Sullivan, he's in at 5'8", for replacing Jerome Luai, who has some sort of knee complaint. I didn't catch exactly what is wrong with it, but... He's out uh, for this week, and Nathan Cleary, as always, will partner him there in the halves. Cleary, I believe, wears a C still, so he'll be a uh, goal kicker and the C with all those little uh, asterisks and Cs and GKs next to his name. GKs next to his name, sorry. In the forward pack, Matthew Eisenhue gets a start this week. He'll partner James Fisher-Harris with New South Wales representative Appiusai Coruscant at dummy half in the back row. This is a player I've criticised a lot in recent years, 60s, but he is having a career season. Viliami Kikau, he has been so good in all aspects of the game this year. He'll be on that left edge, Liam Martin on the right. Uh, Isaiah Yo, the other co-captain of the team, he's the lock forward. On the bench, we know this player, Jamin Salmon, he's the utility back roll for him. Scott Sorensen, Spencer Lenu, and Charlie Staines round out their bench. And that's an interesting selection there in the 17. Uh, I'm not sure if that can one's I going. just Can I just do that as a, a shout-out to the um, people who don't understand a back being added to a uh, a bench which uh, and mean, Parramatta VA has been criticised <laughs> for, and I've said it is not an unusual thing. We, we've seen Bellamy do it. We've seen uh, a whole stack of top coaches do it, and now Nathan Cleary with the rating premiers and runaway minor premiers in 2022 is, is doing it. So I'm sure it will attract the same level of scrutiny that uh, Brad Arthur's gotten. So, <laughs> But uh, continuing yep. with the uh, extended roster, we talked about him uh, in the New South Wales Cup and the representative round, Sunia Taruva. Is the 18, Lindsay Smith, Chris Smith, Thomas Jenkins, and Moses Leota round out their shadow bench. We'll be interested to see if Staines holds on to that 17th spot. Uh, I'm just looking at how they would... Maybe they just got question marks about Robert Jennings, I suppose. That, that could be a big one there. Um, and maybe, I, I've got a question. Yeah? M- Moses Leota can't crack the... Yeah, so... The I don't know, because he was their starting bookend for a long time, wasn't he? Alongside Fisher-Harris. Sorry. Well, I was when I was looking at the at the Penrith lineup, I was thinking, who's missing? Who's missing in the forwards? Because you know Matt Eisenhuth has traditionally come off the bench, and I'm thinking, oh yeah, okay, Spencer Linu. No, that's not that's not who I was thinking of. And then you know, looking at the extended reserve list and seeing Moses Leota there, and and actually almost getting down on uh, and praising. The uh, the big man above for leaving for the Panthers leaving him out because he is a unit to try to stop. Yeah, he's been uh, low key one of their better forwards in a very good forward pack. Uh, I think I'm just doing a quick search here. I think he might have busted his shoulder way back. I'm talking way back a couple of months ago, uh, and he might be just this might be just his time frame that he start coming back, and so maybe he's not quite ready. Um, that <laughs> and maybe he'll be a late inclusion. Oh, maybe he could be. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, <laughs> after after we've just. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be a Parramatta game without a very good player coming back in time to take on the Eels for the opposition. That has just yeah. been one of the, the subplots to this season and the last couple of seasons. It feels like, but even with those outs, even with Crichton and Luai and maybe Leota out, that is an incredible lineup. You know, the, that spine is still so strong. Edwards O'Sullivan was very good earlier this year working in relief for Nathan Cleary. Cleary himself obviously being there and Coruscant as you know, still as, as good a one six seven nine in the competitions you're likely to get. Ford pack is full of talent, Fisher Harris, Kikau, Martin, Yo. Uh the bench I suppose the bench is where you look at that and say there's solid to good players there, but perhaps no great players. Spencer Lenu, he's uh got high reps on him as a young forward, but probably hasn't been as dominant as, you know, commentators like Voss might have led you to believe he would be at this point. But still, Sorensen comes on, does a very good job for him. Salmon is a good utility forward for him. And then if Leota comes back in, well, well suddenly there's an outstanding forward. So I don't know. That that Penrith team, 
very good. And you can see why it's so hard to beat them. Oh, ab- absolutely. They're, they are – this premiership is theirs to lose. I, I honestly thought at the start of the season that it might have been a lot more open and I was factoring in – uh, Win, winners, winners fatigue. The target losses. on your back. Yep, but they've just done a you know credit to Cleary, both Clearys, but you know the coach Ivan and the management at the Panthers as well as the playing group. They've done a very good job maintaining the rage, and that's not easy to do in the NRL era. No, no. See, they even even when they had uh, the players out for the uh, fitting in with they um, where they were rested after the final Origin game, and. You know, they, they just fall into systems that allow them to get the job done. Even if their opponent on that night, which was uh, the Tigers, wasn't great, they just, you know, you can just, you can just see all their systems at, at play. Even though there were errors, you could see the systems at play and that that would work them towards uh, a victory. Now, that being said, I'm, I am looking at the team and I'm thinking good Parramatta. Good Parramatta can get the job done. Yeah, yeah. This is styles make fights. The Parramatta Eels are built in a manner where if everyone's doing their job properly, they can absolutely take it to the Penrith Panthers and the Melbourne Storm and the Sydney Roosters. We've literally seen that entire, like in its entirety this year. Like our best games have been those games. We can you know go back to round nine where Parramatta Eels down to what their six or seven string winger and Hayes Perham come into the game, you know, rabid underdogs after getting pumped by the Cowboys up in Darwin on a short week, didn't, you know, barely even trained because of it between travel, the red eye, and, you know, recovery from the Darwin trip. And then cop some of the worst calls you'll see, including, a, you know, one of the all-time clangers of that key cow missed knock-on, uh, which ended up leading to points for the Panthers. Uh, they, they beat them in their own house. So we know this team can do it, but... It's a question of which eels turn up. And I, I am, like I said yesterday, irrationally optimistic or irrationally, irrationally hopeful because it just feels like there's enough, you know, not, not even superstitious, but there's enough indicators that line up the way that rounds eight and nine did early this year that point to me saying that the eels will be here ready to rumble on Friday night. But for that to happen, this is how they line up with at well, with fullback and captain Quinton Gufferson in the one on the wings, Mike Acevo and Bowie Simonson, Will Penasini and Wanga Blake round out an unchanged backline. No surprises there. 60s in the halves. Likewise, Dylan Brown, Mitchell Moses, the usual six and seven, so good together. In the front row, we've got Big Red and Campbell Gillard and Junior Barlaw. They're on either shoulder of Reed Marnie. Uh, Reed, <coughs> sorry, in the back row, you've got Sean Lane, Azai Papali'i and Ryan Madison. So a full strength forward back there for the Eels. On the bench, Makahesi Makatoa. Bryce Cartwright, Oregon Kafusi, and Murata Niakore. So the obvious and only change there is Bryce Cartwright coming back into the lineup. Brad Arthur continues that rotation policy of the 17th player this season. It almost, in a way, started with Bryce Cartwright, didn't it? And then we sort of had Nathan Brown come back from injury, which complicated the bench a bit. But then we had guys like Tom Opachik, Kai Rodwell, Jake Arthur, and now Bryce Cartwright coming back in to complete that, I don't know if you want to call it the circle of life, but the, uh, the circle of the interchange. Yeah, we even had Mitch Rain. Yes, so yeah, Mitch Rain well was there too. Good shout. Um, but yeah, speaking of those players, because there's a fair few of them in the shadow lineup here 18, Jake Arthur, 19, Ofriki Ogden, 20, Kai Rodwell, 21, Tom Opachik, and 22, Sean Russell. So the Eels make the one change. Penrith have a couple of enforced changes here. It's a 2v, oh, sorry, 2v. I'm thinking of the Indy Souls Cup, 1v7, but the Eels are looking to sweep the reigning premiers and runaway minor premiers. And, and if they do complete it, it could, you know, reg- or regardless of if they win, Parramatta's win in round nine uh, and potential win in round 20 might be the only blemishes in an otherwise false campaign for the Penrith Panthers. That's how good they've been, but that's how the Eels also, when, when they play to their strengths, how good they can be. Well, if they were to get it done, that would be the trial and both uh, regular yeah. round matches. Yep. Yeah, big win in the trial, round nine, and then coming into round 20. Um, and it'd be one of the most bizarre results, you know. And obviously, the finals are a completely different ball game. Ball game when you talk about teams getting up, sudden their football and whatnot, and what can happen there. But if the Penrith Panthers were to complete the remainder of their regulation season, going on undefeated, safe for rounds nine and rounds twenty, and that preseason game, it'd be, yeah, it'd be a, a good one for trivia, wouldn't it? Uh, absolutely. So I stand by what I 
wrote about earlier in the week with the need for both Gutho and, well, I mean, I want the whole spine to be at their best in the same game. That's what I'm looking for. Now, I'm going to reiterate, I want to see Gutherson around the middle of the field, lurking in support. I don't want to see as much of him as with making the extra man. I know that there are shapes that the Eels like to play with, with Gutherson coming in in that position. But I think his strength is is just that lurking role, just that ever-present role mm-hmm. where he's busy. He's busy in support. He's busy ducking in and having a dart or two from dummy half. Just where he's – if there's a half chance, he's one of those players who, at his best, would turn those half chances into into full chances. And I – and you were looking at last year, he had 20 try assists and he's sitting at six this year. And I just want to see, I, I don't, I'm not looking for him to increase his involvement. I'm looking for him to fine tune where it happens. So I'm looking for that. I'm looking for a bit more from Reed around the dummy half. Now, whether that's entirely read or whether it's things like Gutho jumping in and having a dart from dummy half. Maybe uh, you know, a couple of the wingers rather than taking it as a hit up just actually darting out from dummy half. Yep. We sometimes see Dylan Brown do that where he'll go in and look as if he's going to throw the pass but then he thinks you know what, I might as well take a, take a run myself. But I just want to see a bit more variety around there. And, and that can mean a couple of plays you know, with um, Reed darting out, turning someone back in, in behind the ruck, or or the old outside inside plays. I just want to see a little bit, a few more questions asked uh, closer to the ruck. Um, if I'm honest, uh, I was pro- we we spoke about this earlier in the week about the the way that the Eels flipped around the game against the Cowboys. That game against the Cowboys was an awful game, but really the conditions just didn't help one iota. And I think the Eels, they were up for that Panthers game. Now, I think they'll be up for this one, but I haven't seen any inkling of Parramatta's best form since the Roosters match. And that just feels like so long ago right now. Mm Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be brutally honest, I'm finding it hard to tip an Eels win in this one. And that that pains me. It really pains me. So um, I believe Parramatta can win, but the only way they will win is if they are if they are basically you know, good Parramatta turning up. And that, that just sounds like the, the most simplest thing that anyone can possibly say. But if we get if we get the bad version or the mediocre version of Parramatta, that's not going to be anywhere good enough for the Panthers. And even, even good Parra would, yes, they could beat the Panthers, but we have to acknowledge that the Penrith team are a very, very good team. Uh, I'm going to uh, tip the Panthers to win this. This is gonna. It's gonna be awful, mate. I mean, I'm, it, I'm the Panthers I, I, to the- it is a perfectly rational decision. Like that. That is how good the Panthers are. That is reflective of Parramatta's struggles over not just the last couple of weeks, but like you said, since that Sydney Roosters win, where we haven't been able to capture our best. There's been certainly segments of play where we've sort of pointed or trended towards being back to our best, but we haven't been able to harness it in a lengthy or prolonged manner. So, yeah, I, I certainly am going to call you out for tipping a pen of win. In fact, you sound a lot like I did coming into that round nine tip because I was very hard on the Eels after getting rolled by the Cowboys. And eventually, I believe I swung around and, and sort of said, you know what, maybe we can get the win. But, yeah, it's, it's no surprise because when this team is bad, it's so frustrating because we know that yeah. the, the floor should be so much higher. We know that the ceiling is obviously the best in the NRL or as good as the best in the NRL. We've literally shown that this year. But the floor is just so low and it is so frustrating as a fan because it is just basic stuff too. It, it's, not, yes. it's not complicated stuff when it comes to why our floor is not as good as it should be. 
And we're, so we're... I'm going to give two. I'm going to give two tips, right? The my first thought is based on the exposed form and current form. The Panthers win thirty six to twelve because good Parramatta doesn't turn up. However, if good Parramatta does turn up, I'm tipping. I'm tipping a fourteen eight win to the Eels. So I'm tipping that it's going to be a close and low-scoring affair if good Parramatta turns up. If if bad Parramatta turns up, I'm being conservative with 36 to 12. Yeah, if bad Parramatta turns up, the Panthers will run up a score on us. There is yeah. little doubt about this. And, uh, you know, like you said, there is a difference being at the ground when you watch these, you know, wins and losses. And you could see against the Broncos that there were points where it felt like the morale slipped a bit. And... Uh, the, the Penrith Panthers would notice something like that when it happens in a game, and they would absolutely go for the throat. So, if bad bad eels turn up, it could absolutely be you know thirty plus comfortably. If the good eels turn up, it's the the range of victory is kind of hard to tip honestly because it could be one point because that's how good Penrith are. It could be closer to just in, in double digits, eight or ten points. I think with the other fellas on the uh, Para podcast, I tipped a twenty one twenty victory. Uh, Mitchell Moses field goal being the difference, but I could I could see the eels going maybe like 24-14 here uh, and having what I would consider a ve- that, that is a very good win over Penrith if you get to 10 points clear. So yes. yeah, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll go for if you're being realist and, and you know in your sort of point of view maybe trend, trending towards pessimistic I will uh, counterbalance with a little bit of irrational hope like I mentioned earlier and go for a 24-14 victory. Okay. Well then that leaves me for the Eels first try scorer and I'll take uh, Dylan Brown for that. And for an Eels best on field, I'm going to go with um, Ice. Uh, I mean, th- these are sort of games that Ice thrives in. He just, when, when it is rugged, high-quality, intense football, he just gets the ball under his arms and just goes to work, doesn't he? So very good tip there. I, I'm in two minds here with the first try scorer because... It is so hard to go away from our left edge where we play a lot of our best football. And even in this inconsistent run that we've had, our best football has regularly been down the left with those fluent backline movements. But on the flip side, there's a little corner of my brain telling me that against the Panthers in particular, whether it's the preseason or the NRL, we love a crossfield kick to the right that is batted back to the ground, scooped up by someone on the sweep to dive over in the corner. I'm pretty certain Murata's has done it. I think Will Penasini might have done it or someone else did it in round nine. I want to say so. That's that's my little sneaky tip of the week. There is that. Watch out for that batted ball into the right corner. Although I will say, didn't we have didn't we have success with um, getting some tries against the Panthers on that right side when we beat them in round nine? Yes, and and the other one that uh, the other part of that is that on the flip side on the left, this is the sort of game where Sean Lane can be a difference maker. He did it against the Panthers in that game with that late offload back to Reed Marnie, which led to the penalty try when Marnie was uh, tackled before he got in the ball. And th- these are the, those, this is the sort of contest where, uh, not, not quirky, but uh, Sean Lane's, uh, it's almost like an intangible. Like he, he has this knack to just like beat defenders that are re- usually really good and just get his arms free. This is the sort of game where I think Sean Lane can be a big difference maker, just as much as I looked to Zai Papali'i like you signalled and this is the sort of game where he, for different reasons, is so good because he is built for high-pressure football ice. He loves to just rock it up in, in the you know most testing of conditions you know against the best defense in the NRL. But on the flip side, Sean Lane is a bit of an X factor. So yeah, I think the two back row is going to be pivotal, uh, pivotal, pivotal in this clash. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, best on field though, if it's not one of the back rowers, if it's not one of the back rowers. Part of me would love it to be the one over nine. I know that we've been quite critical of them on the podcast for a number of weeks, and you dove into the numbers that support that fair criticism earlier this week on TCT. So if Gufferson or Marnie can be best on field in this game, it, not not just you know to go against what we said and, and you know be good feels, but that is a prognosis for a good finish this season because they're the two players that if they get right, if they can figure themselves out, whatever is keeping them from away from their best football, I don't know. If they can get right, suddenly the Eels are back to being contenders. Yeah, and and really it comes back to everyone has to be at their best. 
Oh it, yeah, it, this is the one that said, this is the one to seventeen equation, isn't it? Sixties, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And look, look what it took to beat them in round nine. We had to absorb so much pressure deep into the second half with Mitchell Moses, you know, driving the ball deep from his you know forty meter mark at best for a long stretch until suddenly we got a foothold and then our forwards were able to take over. Yeah, and every it seemed like every player was able to dig deep and find something extra in that game, and this is another one of those games where you know that Penrith, even even with the odd player out, and and by no means are they what you'd consider a, a weakened lineup. They're probably going to give away less penalties with Luai not there for a start. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So and and we, Crichton is a big out in the back line. He is so lethal down that right edge. But, uh, you know, I'm expecting Robert Jennings to do a solid job anyway. So that's not you know, yeah. a devastating blow to them. No, they... they they still have three um, critical spine players. They've got blokes who can do the damage on the edge. It's just the their wingers are weapons. It's just, you know, across the board that they are just a strong team and you know that they're not going to go away during the match. So even if you're playing at your best, you have to keep finding your best against them. It's why... They've only lost one game this year, and Parramatta had to find new levels to beat them in that game. Mm-hmm. Penrith didn't. Penrith didn't throw that game away. Penrith didn't lose that game, and they were still fighting right to that the last few seconds of the match. So, it's it's just one of those games where you know that if you get someone turn up in the team who's not on their game, that could be what loses the match for you. It's as, it's as simple as that. As you said, it's a 1-17 to 17 equation. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mate, I, I don't know that there's too much more that we can say other than uh, go the Eels. And um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to catching up with people back at Jack's Bar and Grill in Parramatta Leagues Club after the game. Hopefully we can see win, lose or draw, that we see a big roll up there and uh, don't forget, we've got Peter Wynn as the guest, and Wally has a special place in our heart because he was the very first player, legend player, that we interviewed on the Cumberland Throw way back at the end of 2015. Yep, uh, it's going back a few years now. We've been plugging away at this gig for a while, but it's been so much fun, and you know the journey is far from over uh, by any means there. And like you said, let's hope for the win on Friday, and you know, win, lose, or draw, but hopefully win. We'll have a, a Big old fun time at Jack's Bar and Grill. It's been some absolutely bumper turnouts there up until the Brisbane game. Where, understand, between the weather and and the loss, we you know had a bit of a down ticket attendance. But yeah, it's been so much fun doing the live shows from Jack's Bar and Grill, and hopefully people turn out to meet the rest of TCT because, like I said, you've been dealing with our two mugs for far too long for the people that have been turning out. This is a chance to meet all the other interesting people that help make TCT tick. Absolutely. So, mate. All I can say, go you wheels. Yes, sir. See you guys next episode.